Good morning, everyone. We've been looking at Matthew's Gospel, and we're in chapter 16 this morning. And uh, it says in verse 1 of chapter 16, The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came tempting him, that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. How interesting the word of God is, because this incident that we're reading of in chapter 16 is just prior uh, to the latter part of chapter 16. Of course, that's a bit of an obvious statement. Um, When Jesus first mentions the matter of the church, that new thing that God is going to do on the day of Pentecost. So here are the Jews, and if you turn to 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, you would find this, that the Jews require a sign and the Greeks, or the Gentiles if you like, seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. And it's also interesting if you go back a couple of chapters to chapter 12 of the uh, Gospel of Matthew, the Lord Jesus there, again, they're requiring a sign of him. And he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. So I suppose you could look at it like this, that the Jews were requiring a sign. And that sign was the prophet Jonah. (coughs) And Jonah, you remember was swallowed by the whale and when he when he was thrown into the sea and he went down to the bottoms of the mountains and then after three days and three nights he was vomited out onto the shoreline. And of course the Lord Jesus often speaks of that as being a, the, the uh, typical of the death, burial and resurrection that he was going to experience and that he was going to suffer and the resurrection uh, after the three days and three nights. But also, with regard to the nation Israel, that here were people who were from Nineveh. This was the city Nineveh to which God had sent his servant Jonah. And Nineveh, of course, was anything but part of Israel, part of the nation. 
It was, in fact, the capital city, the largest city in the world at that time, the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, and were uh, the enemies of Israel. And yet those people, when, so to say, the message of judgment and the message of deliverance for those for repentance was preached those people repented but the nation of israel didn't and the queen of the south i suppose speaks of the uh, the wisdom that we read of or thought about in first corinthians chapter 1 the queen of the south came and saw the wisdom of solomon and jesus said about both jonah and solomon a greater than Jonah is here, a greater than Solomon is here. So the sign of the times, as the signs of the times. Well, I hear people saying that nowadays. We can discern that the coming of the Lord is very close. Well, I believe it is, but we can't be absolutely sure. He could come today. Or it could be some considerable time before he comes back to take his people home. But one thing we are completely sure about, and that is that the message to be preached today is the message of Jonah, that there was one who went into death and was buried and rose again on the third day. This is the essence of the gospel. We preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But unto those of us who are being saved, it is the power and the wisdom of God. How wonderful to think it's just uh, to the human mind, a person being crucified upon a cross uh, in what would seem to be weakness. Of course, it wasn't weakness. It was the purpose and design of God from before the foundation of the world that uh, it was not weakness, but it would seem foolishness. But it is the wisdom of God, because that blessed man, the Lord Jesus, God's own Son from heaven, took my place, bore my judgment, exhausted it, on account of the uh, value of his sacrifice, and he has secured for me eternal salvation, the forgiveness of my sins and eternal life. So here they are, it's the signs of the times. You remember that the disciples were overtaken by this idea when the Lord Jesus uh, saw them and met them before his ascension in chapter 1 of the book of Acts. And they said to the Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Well, Jesus said this, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ten days later, of course, the day of Pentecost took place when the Spirit of God descended and the church was born. And that is the day in which we live. And uh, that church era will conclude at the rapture when God, when the Lord Jesus himself shall descend from heaven, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And it's interesting to notice, as you read that chapter, and it tells us how the Lord is coming, and uh, the wonderful resurrection 
of the dead and the transforming of the bodies, both of the dead and of the living. And together we shall be forever with the Lord. In the last verse of chapter 4 of First Thessalonians says this, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. And it is a great comfort to know that uh, soon our Saviour will come and we shall be taken to be with him and we shall be forever with the Lord. But then the first chapter, of, first verse of chapter 5 of that same letter says this, But of the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. And the day of the Lord is, begins when the church is raptured, taken home to be for the, forever with the Lord. Every believer in the Lord Jesus, comprising that church, will be taken home to heaven, and then judgment will fall upon this world. And that is the beginning of the day of the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> so here they are in Matthew chapter 16, and they're wanting a sign. And Jesus says to them, no sign but the prophet Jonas. They should have known. They should have known. The scriptures had made it very clear that there was going to be 69 weeks of years that would take place. And at the end of that 69 weeks of years, 483 years, Messiah, their king, would be cut off and he was about to be crucified not very long after this. I don't know exactly how long, uh, but I think it probably would have been the following year the Lord Jesus was going to die. The Messiah was going to be cut off. They should have understood that. They should have realised that they, the nation was in such a condition that they had rejected God's king. They had rejected their Messiah. And God was going to do a new thing and there was a period of time, a long period of time, intervening, a parenthesis, at the end of that 69 weeks, before the 70th week, which is the, the week of judgment, the week of the great tribulation, will take place when this world will know suffering and sorrow like never before. And the scripture says, the Lord Jesus says in chapter 24, of this same gospel, if those days were not shortened, no flesh would be saved. Terrible things are going to happen upon this scene in those seven years. But in between the 69th and the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy in chapter 9, the church is born. It's not mentioned, of course, in the Old Testament. It was a mystery that was previously hidden but is now revealed in the New Testament scriptures. And that period of time is something that's got no particular uh, times and seasons, so to say, attached to it. There's no particular amount of years. Times and seasons have to do with God's dealings with his earthly people, Israel. But as far as the church is concerned, unrevealed period of time time but we believe that things are in such a condition the we might say I've often said to people we don't know the players will may already be waiting in the wings 
but it would appear that the scene is being set. The conditions of the earth are such. The conditions of, uh, of the natural earth, the condition of the, of the world powers is such that really the world is crying out for a man. They've rejected the man, Christ Jesus, but they're crying out for a man and Satan will provide that man, the man of sin, the beast, the one who will take authority and power, the usurper, Satan's man, and he will rule and he will reign and be a despot upon the godlessness of this world. But we still live in the day of grace. And the message to your heart and mine again this morning is that there was one who died, who was buried, who rose again for sin and for my sins. And you and I can come into the good of that and be blessed with eternal salvation, the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. God bless his word to you today.